today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I'm not going to compete with everything else, all the voices clamoring for your attention. I want your undivided attention. And this is how I speak. There have been times in my walk with the Lord that the deepest and the most profound truths that God has ever spoken into my life came in those times of just quiet, simple, silent solitude. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. Are you still enough to hear from the Lord? As you listen to today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches you the importance of having uninterrupted time with the Lord. With the fast pace of our culture, this can sometimes be hard to do. However, Pastor J.D. encourages you to take time each day to sit with the Lord. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The book of Ecclesiastes, we're going chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Last week we finished chapter 4. We're going to pick it up at chapter 5. I'll have you turn there at this time if you're not there already. So I don't really know if it's possible to overstate the importance of this simple yet powerful truth concerning having ears to hear. It's rhetorical. I think about Revelation chapters 2 and 3 every single one of the seven letters, which by the way, Lord willing, on Sunday we're going to be talking about, but at the end of every single one of those seven letters to seven churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, the Lord has John write, let he who has an ear, that's rhetorical, let let he, in other words, do you have an ear? Yeah, I have two. Let him hear. You have an ear. And here's the thing, just because you have an ear, doesn't mean that you hear. I know that rhymes. But you know how it is when someone can be talking to you, but you're not really hearing what they're saying? Oh, you're you're getting good at inserting the, oh, hmm, is that right, at the proper time. Feigning that you're actually listening to what they're saying. And then the unthinkable happens. They ask a question and, and, and they say, did you hear what I just said? Oh yeah, yeah. What did I just say? Um, so, okay, remind me again. What, okay, what did you, what did you, <laughs> okay, I wasn't listening. Busted. We're going to talk about that tonight. I have to confess that this is actually an area in my own life that God has been doing a work <laughs> as it relates to being slow to speak and quick to listen. I do just the opposite. I'm quick to speak and slow to listen. This is what James said in chapter 1 verse 19. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and interesting, slow to become angry. 
That's interesting because if you really think about it, if you're quick to speak and slow to listen, well, it's just a matter of time before you're going to be in an argument and become angry. Apostle Paul writing to the Thessalonians in his first epistle, chapter 4, verse 11, says, make it your ambition. In other words, set this as a goal. Seek to do this. What? Do what? Lead a quiet life. Okay, we got a problem right there. You know how it is that we don't like quiet, which is why when we're all alone and there's just silence, and we're just left alone with our our thoughts, which is a terrifying notion when you think about it. That's why it is that we turn on some background noise, just because we're so uncomfortable with the solitude of silence, that, that quietness. Well, this is what Solomon is going to be talking about here in this chapter. Verse 1, he says, walk prudently when you go to the house of God, and draw near to hear, rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. You know what he's saying here? He's talking about when you go into the temple to worship, and you draw near, not to speak, not to talk, but to listen. Draw near to hear, instead of being foolish, because it's evil. Interesting, he says, rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. I think about what Samuel said to Saul, that obedience is better than sacrifice. Here's what I'm thinking. Listening, to listen is to obey, and to listen is better than to sacrifice. In other words, when, when you go into that place, wherever it is, whether it's a church service or your quiet time with the Lord, your devotional, that time that you spend with the Lord, draw near to the Lord, and He in turn draws near to you, seek first to listen to what He has to say. This to me is the lost art in the life of a Christian, if I can say it that way. The, the simple, the simplicity of just listening, having ears to hear. You'd be surprised. You know what the problem is? The volume of our lives is so loud. The decibels so high. And the problem with that is, is that when God speaks, He speaks in a still, small voice. I had a teacher in high school, his name was Mr. Bowman. And you know how some people have a, a, a monotone voice? And he had one of those really soft-spoken, monotone voices, and that's just the way he talked. And I'll never forget the first day of class. I'm a freshman in high school. Oh my goodness. Boy, did I have a lot to learn. So being who I am, and the way that I am, and still am, um, I just, you know, I spoke up, because this is how he talked. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. 
He said, okay, class, uh, at this time I'd like for you to take your seats, and we're going to begin the class now. I'm like, hey, what'd you say? I can't hear you. Speak up. Well, that was just the beginning of the end, but he, he then responded this way. He said, no, you want to hear what I'm saying? This is how I speak. You have to quiet down if you want to hear me speak. And so we did. I mean, it was brutal. It was torture. My whole freshman year, at, at some point, I mean, I did have such a respect for him. He was actually a very good teacher. Had the opportunity, I think it was at our 10-year class reunion, to tell him that, and this I, I hope was a witness to him, because not a believer, and I said to him, Mr. Bowman, I have to tell you that you are the object of many sermon illustrations of mine. I just want you to know that. And uh, I explained to him that it has to do with the way you speak. And I kind of gave him the whole illustration. He was quite moved, I could tell. You know, but he's not excitable. So he said, oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> that still, still small voice of his. You see where I'm going with this, right? That's how God speaks. Turn the volume down, then you can hear me. I'm not going to speak. I'm, hey, listen, <laughs> uh, I am God in heaven. You're there on earth, as we're going to talk about in a moment. I'm not going to compete with everything else, all the voices clamoring for your attention. I want your undivided attention. And this is how I speak. There have been times in my walk with the Lord that the deepest and the most profound truths that God has ever spoken into my life came in those times of just quiet, simple, silent solitude. And it's not easy for someone like myself. And, and you're, I'm sure, many of you much like me, where there's always got to be the, you know, it's got, it's got to be a dramatic thing. I think about Elijah, interesting guy. I mean, Elijah was, you know, everything was dramatic for him. And it's kind of interesting when he flees from Jezebel, who wants to kill him, after the contest with the prophets of Baal, and he slays these, you know, uh, prophets of Baal, some 450 of them. And then Jezebel says, you know, uh, I'm going to do to you what you did to them by this time tomorrow. So what does Elijah do? He runs and he flees and he hides in the cave. And then God comes and there's this great earthquake. Oh, surely God's going to speak in, in, in the earthquake. And no, God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was this great mighty wind. Oh sure, God's going to speak, because this is Elijah we're talking about. Surely He's going to speak in the mighty wind. And no, He wasn't in the mighty wind. And then this, this third one, for sure, God's going to speak through this. Fire. Why? I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to suggest that I think Elijah had a thing for fire. I think he was one of those pyromaniacs, I think they call him. No, think about it, right? He calls down fire from heaven, and then, you know, here's this fire now, and then he's going to be taken up, he doesn't know this yet, in a fiery chariot, right? I think God knew that he had a thing for fire. It's just a, it's just a you know, a, a thought. So surely God is going to speak to Elijah. 
in the fire. But he's not in the fire. You know what he was in? The still, small voice. I know I've shared this before, but remember many years ago, you young people are not going to get this, so just bear with us, uh, older folk. But there was many years, I want to say it was probably the 70s, I'll never forget it. This, um, this woman got on, it was a television commercial for shampoo, and she says, if you want to get somebody's attention, whisper. Isn't that true? When somebody's yelling at you, don't you tune them out? I mean, they hit a certain octave, a certain pitch, a certain key, and it's like, (laughs) that was my mom growing up. She had this, in her thick accent, she would say, that was it. I knew that, as soon as she hit that, that note, I didn't hear anything. I tuned it out. I mean, hey, right, just right now, I, I noticed your body language when I did that. When I said, hey, you want to get something? And you're going, what? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this. In fact, this is another thing we're going to, Lord willing, be talking about on Sunday morning in First Timothy chapter 4. I've been pondering pride. This is something I know well. I have a degree in pride. This, I mean, I'm telling you. Uh, but I was pondering pride in this sense, that it's at the core of everything. You, you peel back the layers, and what you're going to find is pride. Let me explain. Okay, you're in a conversation with somebody, and they're talking, but you're not listening, because you're thinking about what you're going to say when they're done talking. And if they keep going, well, that's unacceptable. You're going to interrupt them. Because what you have to say is more important than what they have to say. Now stay with me. That's pride. That's pride that says, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) What I have to say is more important than what you have to say to me. And that's where the conflict comes. Hey, uh, is there conflict? Pride. Is there disagreement? Pride. Is there striving? Pride. You peel back the layers, and what you'll find at the core of everything is pride. It's pride that says, I'm not going to listen, but you need to listen. And how about this? You ready for this? We have the audacity and the propensity in our own pride to do that with God. And you know how it manifests? You know how it, what it looks like and how it plays out? When we spend our time with the Lord, we spend more time talking to Him than we do listening to Him. You know, we, prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. I mean, think about prayer in this way. When you spend time with the Lord, Solomon here says, when you go to the house of God, when you go into that that place where it's just you and the Lord, draw near to here. And this is something that 
I believe comes with maturity. I'll just speak for myself. Over the years, this is something that I'm still learning. I mean, I never want to say I've learned. I'm never going to get to that place where I can say I have arrived, because as soon as you do that, oh my goodness. (laughs) It's a thing about pride, isn't it? And again, we'll talk more about this on Sunday. It disables your ability to even know that you have it. You know those antivirus software, you know, programs that are supposed to detect viruses on your computer? Well, they're they're so sophisticated that they go into your computer and they disable the antivirus so you don't even know it's there. That's what pride does. It disables your ability to know that it's even there. And as soon as you start thinking that you're humble, well, then you become proud of your humility. And then, and then even with pride, you're humble about your pride. That's how insidious pride is. But it comes with time and it comes with maturity when, when you spend time with the Lord and you draw near to Him. And there's just this, Lord, and, and preferably you start your day off this way, because it's really the only way, especially in this day, with everything that's happening in the world, where you just say, okay, Lord, I I don't know what's in store for me today, but you do. I mean, it's it's coming at you in all these directions, and Lord, prepare me for that which is prepared for me. Give me this day my daily bread of life, my my daily word, my the word for today to prepare me, and I want to listen. And here's the thing about listening. There's a difference between listening and listening. And again, I'll explain what I mean by that. When you hear, when you truly hear, it's like James says, you're not just a hearer of God's Word, you're a doer. Because if you're just a hearer of God's Word, then you're like the guy that looks at himself in the mirror and then walks away and does nothing about it. Think about it like this. When you look at your, this is a, this is when you just say, Lord, you need to come back now. Because, you know, I look at myself in the mirror and I just think, Jesus, come quickly. And, but when you, what happens when you look in the mirror? You, you look at yourself and you see what needs to be done. And of course, as you get older, there's a lot more that needs to be done. I mean, there's hair where there shouldn't be. There's hair where there used to be. Uh, we, need, we need to shave that, clean that, wash that. And you, you get the point. When you are in the Word, you see <laughs> in the mirror of God's Word. And what are you going to do about it? You walk away and you don't do anything about it. That's, you're just a hearer of God's Word. But you really haven't listened Because if you really listened, then you would heed that which you heard. And that's what Solomon is talking about. And it's going to get worse for us too. You ready? That was just the primer. Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven, and you on earth, therefore let your words be few. Thank you, David, wherever you are for singing. I love that song. I love that song. Oh my goodness. My wife reminds me often of this verse, <laughs> let your words be few. Don't talk so much. You talk too much. What Solomon's saying here, he's saying, let your words be 
few because if your words are many, what you're in effect saying is that what you have to say is more important than what God has to say. God's in heaven, you're on earth. Uh, Don't utter hastily, foolishly, before God. You know, we in the book of Proverbs saw replete throughout the book, proverb after proverb that talked about how that with many words transgression is unavoidable. In other words, the more you say, the more of a the potential for you to say something wrong. You know, I've never regretted something I didn't say, and I've always regretted something I did say. You can't unsay anything something. Just like you can't unsend an email. I had somebody say to me that there is an app now, I guess, that if it's within a certain amount of time you can, you know, unsend an email if it hasn't been opened. I need to get that app. So if if that was you, can you resend me that? (laughs) But, you know, once you say it, that's it. In other words, be careful and prayerful with what you say, especially when it comes to the words that you speak to God who is in heaven. You know, sometimes, and I think we do err greatly in this, I know I've done it and I've got the scars to prove it, but had I just but listened to the Lord and took heed to His Word. I could have saved myself so much trouble and pain and sorrow and suffering. Had I but just listened, I mean really listened, and took to heart, took to heart what it is that God was speaking. Verse 3, for a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. What does this mean? Well, basically what Solomon's saying, he's going to say it again here in verse 7, that just like with much activity and stress during the day will bring about many dreams, even nightmares, so too does much foolishness bring about many words. I mean, they just kind of It just is what it is. They go together. Now verse 4 through 6, verses 4 through 6 are interesting because he writes, When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow, verse 5, than to vow and not pay. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Ecclesiastes can seem daunting at first, but once you understand the heart behind the writer, it becomes inspiring. And who doesn't need to be inspired in their walk with Jesus every now and then? As you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, be encouraged to evaluate your life and the things you hold close to your heart. If you find the material things are closer to your heart than Jesus, be still before the Lord and ask Him to draw nearer to you. He's faithful and He'll meet you where you're at. If you haven't yet found a home church, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. 
You were never meant to do life alone. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to visit us. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor J.D. next time to learn more from Ecclesiastes right here on In Spirit and Truth.